Rundown is a show where four Catholic men opine on current affairs of the world, on matters of faith, culture, and politics. It's unfiltered, it's daring, and it's certainly unapologetic. The Rundown is a weekly news show. But it's more than that. It's a family of like-minded Catholics who are preparing for the coming chastisement. We cover church news, politics, and current events around the world, linking them in a way no one else does, giving you the perspective no one else can. The Rundown is not meant for children because it informs and prepares parents, young adults, seminarians, even priests watch The Rundown to know about the most pressing and evolving threats to the Catholic faith today. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com Actually, I never met him. Uh, I only see him online. And I never met him. I never think about him. I don't spend my night or weekend thinking about him. Uh, I first met him when he was defending Father Jackson. And I say, you are stupid. Actually, I never met him. Uh, I only see him online. I don't blackmail anyone. I know I never know what blackmail means. I don't blackmail people. I simply say I incentivize him by saying, if you don't do exactly what I say by 5 o'clock today, then I'm going to smear you online, dox your house, call your friends, get you fired from your job. But that's not black. I don't know what blackmail means. I just incentivize him to do the right thing. I don't blackmail. Never met Father Jackson. Never talked to him. I only know that he's a bad guy because one time he told me in spiritual direction that I need to go back to my husband. But I said, no, I don't love my husband a long time no more. It's time for me to move on. I love Gary Boris now. And so I chased him across the country. So no, I never met Father Jackson except that time he told me, go back to my husband. I never, really easy. I know my parent was under investigation because I asked government to investigate him. And then I report that he under investigation. So I submit criminal complaint to FBI. I call DA office. And then I report that he under investigation because, of course, I have friends in high places. I have friends in law enforcement. I have friends in government. I have a lot of friends. That's why I can get away with anything I want to do. And that's why my parent was under investigation because I put him under investigation. So everything is different when our friend Tim Gordon run a GoFundMe for himself. See, because the difference is he keep all the money himself. But with my, with my parent, he give all the money away. And that's why it's wrong. That's why it was a bad thing because he give all money away, every single penny. And we say that's fraud because he do he using the money the way he say. Whereas Tim Gordon, he already got into law school and he got into advanced degree everywhere. And he already have a, a range. And so when he got fired from his job because he saw his job, then he said, I'm just going to go to the college I was already admitted to. And so he kept all the money for himself. And that's why he's a good guy because he likes George Milton. His brother work here as well. And so that's why we like him. But that's different. It's different when our friend Tim Gordon run a GoFundMe. First of all, I only put picture of his home, both interior exterior. I only say where he live in a town of 1,000 people. I only describe square footage of his home, purchase price, purchase date, and number of bathrooms, which he says is only one for his family. But I know there are more, one that, more than one family living on that property. I know there are more bathrooms on that hilltop. And he purchased all this stuff, and he lied about all that stuff. And so as a result of that, I, 
This one is a mystery to me. I never know why he called me Mindbox Niles. This one really hurt me because I drink a lot of wine, but I don't drink them out of boxes because I get paid well at Chuck Militant. Some of my pay is on the book, and other of my pay is non-reported income and non-compensation that's outside of it, like from John Yep and things like that. And so as a result, I have lots of bottle of wine. I keep a bottle of vodka by my bedside. I Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure, honor. I've been watching the rundown for a long time. I've been a big fan of the rundown. I have my interns always watch the rundown. They they download it for me. They make clips of it for me. I watch it. I keep. I watch my parrot when I am at sleep in bed at night with my bedside bottle of vodka, and I watch the rundown. So finally, I made it. I made it big time. 15 seconds of fame. That's what they say in America when you but make they it weren't. big time. In fact, they were inverting the capitalism. Now we do find... What happened next is very simple. Wall Street was allowed to privatize its gains but socialize its risks. That meant if things went well, the finance people got rich, in fact, richer than any group in human history. But if things went south, the government, you, would swoop in to save them. Pretty good deal. But for more than a decade, very few complained about this arrangement because things went very, very well. Wall Street boomed. And the root of Wall Street's success, no matter what they tell you, was low interest rates. Not new innovation, low interest rates. Low interest rates make a bull market inevitable. So in a normal, non-distorted capitalist economy, companies become valuable, more valuable, when they produce more goods and services that people want to buy. But in an economy controlled by monetary policy run by the Federal Reserve, companies become valuable when interest rates decline. So for 13 years, interest rates remain near zero. In retrospect, now that it's ended, this was crazy behavior. These were emergency measures declared by the Federal Reserve after 2008, but they never ended. And because they never ended for 13 years, the American economy was distorted beyond recognition in ways too numerous to count. Venture capital and private equity exploded. So did cryptocurrency. So did asset prices, particularly real estate. There was an ocean of money flooding the system. And the people who pay half the tax rate you do benefited most. They started buying third houses and flying private. But there was also a problem that you didn't hear a lot about with low interest rates. If interest rates are at zero, how do you get meaningful returns on your money? This was a problem that virtually every investor faced for more than a decade, very much including the banks. At some point, investors became tempted to make very risky bets. If they wanted to produce returns, they had to. As they say on Wall Street, Tina, there is no option. One of the risky bets that banks made was loading up on long-term treasury bonds from the U.S. government as a surrogate for cash. Though, of course, bonds are not cash. They're different from cash, as we're now learning. But that worked fine as long as interest rates remained low. But once interest rates rose as a response to inflation, as obviously they were always going to do, nothing lasts forever, including zero interest rates, once that happened, those bonds were worth less than the banks had paid for them. And so the banks began to fail. You are seeing that right now. Huh. You're also seeing revealed for everyone to see the other effect of 13 years of artificial Fed-driven prosperity. And that is a lot of silly, frivolous people in charge. They're like inherited money people. They think they earned it, but they didn't. Because when money is free from the Fed, you don't have to be a serious person to get rich. You can do whatever you want because there's no consequence. You can put BLM logos on your website. You can spend investor funds on female empowerment ski weekends in Tahoe. When interest rates are zero, you can do 
anything because making money is easy. Everybody's a genius. Anyone can do it. And unfortunately, a lot of very stupid people did do it. On Friday, as you know, Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, failed. That became the second largest bank failure in American history. Then on Sunday, authorities took over Signature Bank in New York. That became the third largest bank failure in American history. Then today, shortly after the markets opened, trading in several regional banks had to be halted. Western Alliance was down almost 80%. First Republic, which, of course, Jim Cramer endorsed just a few days ago on CNBC. <laughs> that was down nearly 70%. Jim Cramer's always welcome to come on this show for amusement purposes. PacWest, down 50%. Comerica, down 40%, and so on. So there was panic, of course, reflected in markets, and it wasn't just regional banks that were affected. For a while this morning, you could not even trade stock in Charles Schwab, venerable Charles Schwab. Schwab went down 25% and tripped a circuit breaker. That's bad. In fact, welcome to the run out. Oh, Chrissy Viles is still here. Hold on. We got to take, take Chrissy Viles off the screen. We got to get her on our own little corner. Welcome to The Rundown, broadcasting live here on the YouTube channel and simulcasting with our radio broadcasting partner, The Crusade Channel, at crusadechannel.com media, the way it should be. Uh, Three of us here, we are missing Ryan Grant. For those who don't know, who have not heard, his wife has met her eternal reward. And uh, we'll take a moment of silence uh, and pray, everyone. We ask you to pray for the repose of the soul of Sarah Grant and for the endurance of the Grant family. Got a big show today. We're going to be talking about uh, food security. First up, food security seems to be a thing. Prices are going up. Uh, Talking about inflation at the grocery store. And we have a food security expert with us or someone who's going to help with uh, your food insecurity, especially if you're in the Midwest. Rob Holmes joins us from Lawrence, Kansas, founder, CEO of EcoCattle.com, Eco-Cattle.com. Rob, thanks for being with us for the food security segment. Great to be here. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your website, your operation. Um, Lots of rundown listeners are within striking distance. If you're hearing our voice, and you are in the Omaha area, the Lawrence area, St. Mary's, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri, Wichita, Kansas. What your customers regionally can find you and and uh, find your products. Yeah, correct. So we are well. I'm based in Lawrence, Kansas, here in Northeast Kansas, and then I have a business partner uh, just north of me. He's uh, active duty military, stationed at Fort Leavenworth, and we raise 100% grass fed beef. So our cattle never eat grain and we uh, don't use chemicals and uh, we are part of what's called the regenerative agriculture movement. Why is it so important that the cattle never eat grain? Well, um, I'm not going to slam how other people do things. There's trade-offs, right? There's no perfect solution when it comes to complex issues like food security. So some people choose to feed grain to cattle uh, just because it helps them gain weight faster and it, it can be a cheap food source. But, you know, in our opinion, uh, row cropping of grain is a serious ecological issue. Now, there are a lot of strides being made in how grains produced that I think can make things better. But in our opinion, the best long-term solution for soil health, for animal health, and for human health is to go 100% grass-based for your, for your beef. 
Okay, so you can get in on the website and you can reserve a quarter, half, or full cow. What is your per pound price and uh, what is what does pickup delivery look like, Rob? Yeah, so you know, a lot of times when you buy direct from a farmer, they will charge you a price per pound on what they call the hanging weight of the animal, which is the carcass weight before it's processed into your steaks, your burger, your roasts, and all that. We don't do it that way because a lot of people don't know what they're going to end up with. We charge on the take home pound. And uh, for you, if you order a quarter beef, we charge $7.50 a pound. Uh, and that's, that's for you to pick it up at the processor. We do have an, a little bit of an additional charge for delivery within our regional footprint. Uh, we don't ship. We think if you like what we do, but you're too far away, find somebody who's doing what we're doing in your neck of the woods and support them. Uh, and then if you buy a little bit more, if you do a half of half of an animal, you're looking at $7.30 a pound. And then if you go for the whole thing, nose to tail, $7.10 a pound. Grass-fed only. How many grass-fed only are like you in the area? Uh, I would say, looking around, I'm aware of three or four competitors sort of in my region, you know, my county and neighboring counties. Uh, there's also a lot of good producers who their animals are on pasture the whole life, so they don't go to a feedlot, but they do supplement with grain during that last period. And so to me, hey, that's still better than a feedlot, right? So, so I'm yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna dog on those guys. They they're doing things, and and some people prefer the grass finished, just 100% grass, and some people like that corn in there to fatten it up. So uh, I understand that. What's the uh, farthest out you've had a customer drive for grass only fed cattle, grass only, never grain fed? Uh, we had an order out of Colorado that mm -hmm. uh, they came over and, and then we, we did a, did a smuggling run out West for some family members. Uh, <laughs> but, but in general, so where we process our cattle, they are state processed. So we can't sell across state lines. Uh, so, for example, Mike, uh, you just ordered some beef from us. We'll have to meet you at the, the state line, right, and meet in a, a back alley somewhere and uh, <laughs> transfer it from our coolers into yours. I'll, I'll come to reason. Lawrence, but I, I'm not rooting for KU for any purpose. That's okay. <laughs> right. All right. I'll, I'll come to Lawrence for my, for my half cow. Uh, I did just order. I went to eco-cattle.com. You can see the website here on the screen eco dash cattle grass-fed beef never grain fed it's really hard to find people who won't fatten them up at the end with grain and i think that does something to the cow's stomach i think it destroys their uh their flora in their stomach that's just my opinion you don't have to respond to that rob uh because you're so polite you're so, you're so, uh, so polite. well cattle they are ruminant animals adapted to eating grass and forbs right and, and grain you know, I'm sure they, in, in, in their native environment, right, sort of the pre-domesticated ancestor, it may have eaten a few seeds off of grass here and there, but a steady diet of pounds and pounds of grain per day was just not, uh, not part of the creator's design for this animal. We'll put it that way. So, uh, Rob, just a quick question. Um, you don't have to answer this, but is this Monsanto grass you're feeding these cows? Uh, it is not. Uh, I, I'm not aware of a Monsanto uh, grass product. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. the correct answer. <laughs> um, there's no, there's no, presently, there's no rundown uh, 
or Restoring the Faith Media discount for going to eco-cattle.com. But there is sort of a discount because you guys are like early in your life cycle. And frankly, you can charge a lot more than what you're charging right now. Do you expect yeah. that your prices will go up in the future? Uh, yeah, I do. Everyone we consult with says you need to charge more. So we say, okay, you know, when, when we start selling out a little bit quicker, we will need to be raising our prices. Um, you know, we also do sell by the cut, uh, for those who don't want to go, you know, I keep wanting to say whole hog, but it's not the right word for those who don't want to go whole cow, right. They can, they can sample a little bit here and there, but yeah, we, we do expect to be raising prices. Uh, unfortunately, just with the inflationary environment, all of our inputs, and we're a pretty low input operation. Uh, that, that's a good thing about regenerative agriculture is you can do it with without using as much fuel. We don't apply inorganic fertilizers. Uh, so, so we are, even though we're a lower input operation, you know, we're cattle prices, hay prices, our gasoline just to drive around and, and do things. Uh, those prices are up. Our, our meat processor uh, just raised their prices on us. Um, those guys got really busy. Yeah. Uh, during COVID, a lot of the larger meat processors had to reduce staffing. And then all of that demand got pushed out to your small local processors, which is who we use exclusively. Um, and so one of the biggest challenges is um, having those locker dates at a meat processor set up, right? So as a consumer, that's why we ask for people to pay a deposit ahead of time so that we can guarantee you that spot uh, at the meat processor. Okay. And, so that's what, so I just put money down today. So what does pickup look like for me? I'll cross the state line. Yep. How are you going to, how are you going to notify me? And what, what sort of like uh, customization options do I have? Like, you know, in terms of yeah. packaging or anything like that. Yeah. So you're, you're a July processor date. So we will uh, drop your, your steer off in July. Uh, as soon as I get your order, I'll follow up with you. Uh, figure out what do you want to do with your cuts? Because you ordered a, a half mic, you can pretty much have them do whatever you want to that thing, right? Within legal boundaries. <laughs> so uh, now if you just get a quarter, we're limited, right? Whatever you get needs to match what's happening on the, with the other customer on that same uh, half right, of the animal. Order, right. wow. uh, I, I do want to say also an advantage of using a small local producer is, that, who uses a local processor is that your your cross contamination risk during processing is much lower, right? Consider we're using a place that's going to process eight, 10, 12 head a day versus a massive place where it's going to do hundreds of thousands a day. So just the cross contamination risk is much lower. Just another advantage for, for using your local local producer and your local processor. What questions uh, have we not asked that you want the people to know? about eco-cattle.com? Well, uh, shoot, uh, you know, I did a lot of prep on sort of the why behind what we do. And I uh, just want to drop a few names for people who are either interested in learning more about this or trying some of it themselves. Uh, to me, really the, the leader, the thought leader in this movement is a man named Alan Savory, who actually grew up in Africa and, uh, he started a movement called holistic management. And this is the framework where we move cattle on a daily basis into new areas. 
And by doing so, we can promote soil health, plant diversity, animal health, uh, a lot of ecosystem functions. So, you know, this is the kind of thing you can purchase knowing that the practitioners who produce it, that use holistic management, are, are investing in the long term and are really our, one of our biggest civilizational resources, which is topsoil. Right. So, so that's really what eco cattle and our peers who are in holistic management are all about. Let's, let's try to make something that's a win all the way around. It's a win for the producer. It's a win for the consumer eating a nutrient dense, high quality product. And it's a win for our ecosystem by building soil health. Uh, one other name I'll drop a uh, researcher from Texas A&M. His name is Richard Teague, just retired. Uh, when he came to Texas A&M, he talked to their Natural Resources Conservation Service, NRCS and USDA. He said, give me the list of all the ranches in Texas with the highest soil organic carbon on their ranches. And he said, without exception, all of the healthiest ranches in Texas were using holistic management. Wow. So it, it's, a, it's a process that works. Uh, it's adaptable to new scenarios. And it's, it's something we're really excited about. And it's also something that can pair up with row crop farmers uh, to improve uh, the way they do things too. So there's ways that holistic management can work with uh, more conventional ag. So, you know, for anyone out there who's a farmer or a producer, uh, you know, there's, there's some great tools out there to improve your soil health and your longer term sustainability. I, you probably didn't know this uh, going in, Rob, but some of the most important Catholics are graduates of Texas A&M. For example, oh. yours truly, uh, I'm a graduate of Texas A&M. Taylor Marshall, uh, let's see, Abby, uh, the pro-lifer, and uh, many other very important people, right, James? I mean, come on. That's, yeah, a lot yeah. of names that I can't remember any of them right now, except the <laughs> aforementioned. You yeah, can't remember any of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. 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 Abby Johnson, for sure. Abby Johnson, for sure. Yeah. So that's uh, all right. Well, you're endeared. So I don't have to root for KU when I go to Lawrence, Kansas to pick up my eco-cattle.com slash order, smuggle it out of the state of Kansas and into the show me state yeah. uh, for 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 anyone else that wants to put it in order. So you're you're all the way booked out to July. I put my order in today on the 18th of March and I'm picking up my food in July. Final question. What are your thoughts on people who are doing the carnivore diet? There's a regular uh, who joins the rundown. His name's Bug Hall, and he's doing he's doing uh, running cattle exactly like you. Moves them every single day. Regenerative farming. Uh, he has extremely. He's developing extremely good uh, soil uh, by doing that. And he has been on the carnivore diet now for, I think, two years. I've never seen him healthier. I've known him for 10 years. Um, what do you think about that versus, you know, um, I don't know, the opposite of that, which would be what, vegans? I mean. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've nerded out a lot on paleolithic nutrition. And, you know, in the in a big survey of extant uh, indigenous populations across the globe, okay? Uh, researcher Lauren Cordain, he's a, he's a big name in paleolithic nutrition. Uh, they estimated in all different kinds of climates and societies, traditionally two-thirds of human calories have come from animal or fish sources. 
Okay. So that's not a hundred percent carnivore, but across. So, you know, whatever your uh, ethnic heritage, your genetic background, that's what your ancestors were eating for thousands of years. Right. Um, unless you're a young earther. Right. But uh, if you subscribe <laughs> to a, a, an older earth model, just know that's that was normal until 10,000 years ago. Thank right. you for that caveat. Please take take that back. Is that ten thousand years? I don't want to hear that. Yeah. No. All right. All right. Don't go to eco-cattle.com. We got the wrong cosmology there. Now. No, continue. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No. So there, I think there's very strong scientific report uh, support for sort of an ancestral diet that is heavily meat, fish, and animal fat based. Right. I mean, the part that's eaten first is the organs the brains, the fattiest parts of the animal. So a lot of us aren't excited about eating liver, but uh, you look at our ancestors, I, right. that's what they and went that, after first. That, that's exactly right. And, you know, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, savory in, in Africa. You know, from my background as an African, uh, the, these are the things we endear the most. Uh, liver, kidneys, you know, all those uh, organs. They're, they're extremely um, edible, and they're seen as something that is prized. Um, unfortunately that's, I mean, I remember 10 years ago, I'd go to the grocery store and I was picking up these items very cheaply. And now there seems to be a more, more of a steady rise and increase in these, um, organ meats, um, because perhaps the word's getting out that these actually are dense in nutrients. Yeah. I've, I have customers who talk to me about, um, just sort of emotional behavioral problems with teenagers, Right. And just mm -hmm. let's get some more animal fat in that diet, help them regulate their energy, their mood. I'm, I'm not a physician, but um, <laughs> I, I, I do have more interest in sort of they call it nose to tail. Right. Let's right. use the entire animal just like our ancestors did. And a lot of us are just so far from that. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's something that obviously was successful for our species. Do you, do you sell the organs too? If, if you order a half, can you get some organs with that? Yeah, absolutely. And we charge the organs at a lower rate per pound than your, the rest of your meat. So you can get those off our, off the pricing that's on our a la carte pricing list mm -hmm. on our website. That's pretty Excellent. good. Yeah. A right. lot of people love the, the tail mm. and the neck bones. It's a, it's a cheap way to get a high protein, high nutrient dense soup or broth. And right. then of course, liver, heart, kidney right. uh tallow fat from off the kidneys uh right. we don't have a lot of fat on our carcasses I, so I, <laughs> I can't sell a lot of tallow fat but there's interest right. out there in those those right. products yeah yeah there is uh okay final 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 question in terms of volume for those who have never bought a quarter half whole cow walk us through this the, how to store it what size freezers we need and that kind of thing oh yeah great question mike and that, that's one we get a lot so a quarter beef, anywhere from 70 to 100 pounds of product. Uh, lately, ours are averaging around 80 pounds. They just, because they're on grain, they just don't get huge. Um, and how much space is that? If you were to picture the, the, the refrigerator freezer you grew up with, where you got the, not the, the behemoths that we have now, with the small freezer on top, if you were to pack that thing all the way full, you could fit 70 pounds of beef in there. So okay. if you buy a small stand-up chest freezer, you could easily fit a quarter, maybe even your side in there, plus some of your other goodies that you have frozen away. Man. Excellent. Rob Holmes with eco-cattle.com. He's an old earther, but 
He's got some great <laughs> meats out there, guys. Great meats. Uh, seven, seven-ish dollars a pound, depending on how much you buy. Put your money down now. Get your meat in July. Maybe we'll have a rundown meetup in Kansas, and everyone can pick up their meat, a meetup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice one. Nice yeah. one. Uh, I would add, we do a giveaway for anybody that signs up on our website. Uh, we do send out a newsletter that says what's going on at the farm. Uh, so every month, anyone that signs up for that, they can enter and win some steaks and ground beef. So we'd love to have you guys come on over, check out our website, and uh, become part of our part of our retro meat fan club. All right. I got to come tweet from the farm. Can I come do that soon? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'd love to All have right, you anytime. Rob Holmes, eco-cattle.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Order, where's the beef? Order it. Order it now. Get it before it's gone. God bless you, sir. Thanks, guys. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, guys. The former president of the United States, DJT44, is, uh, I guess he's about to get arrested. And the people who are going to indict him uh, are, well... People like this. Did you personally want to hear from the former president? I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. Oh, boy. DJT just uh, released a message this morning, Brother Martin, on uh, Truth Social. I'm not on Truth Social, but I had to actually go and like navigate to the website to find the... It's not. I don't know if it's a tweet. What do you call it? A message. A missive. Hmm. And he said he expects to be arrested, arrested on Tuesday uh, and indicted by this grand jury, um, of which this uh, large hook-node millennial nosed millennial uh is a member who thinks it'd be really cool to arrest donald j trump unfortunately we kind of saw this coming because within this last administration the biden administration we saw it persecuting using the department of justice the attorney general to target um somebody else whose last name is also navarro but we're not related um, arrest him, put him in jail for, for much smaller things. And so we, we saw this administration uh, using the justice system to attack their political opponents. And so with all the things going on against Trump, I mean, you, you actually thought they were going to go somewhere and, and get somewhere with it um, as much as they could. Unfortunately, I mean, President Trump uh, ran in 2016 with the slogan, lock her up, lock her up. The same reasons of getting Hillary Clinton for, for having uh, unencrypted or whatever exposed servers or private information on her servers. Um, and nothing ever came about that. You know, he ran on uh, cleaning up the swamp. It's nothing ever came about that. And now the swamp is, is retaliating and, and putting him behind bars. Wow. Uh, uh, br- breaking news uh, just coming into the rundown as we're live. Uh, pray for the soul of Father Christopher Darby who apparently died this morning in his room of a heart attack at St. Vincent's rectory. Just found him now. Uh, so there's, there's that. Uh, brother makes a good point, James. Um, lock her up is okay, but lock him up is not okay. Is that, two, is that double standards? 
It's it's a double standard, but it's something we've uh, like brother was just saying. We've known of this uh, to be the the mo of uh, people who, um, you know, are too small uh, to deal with real real issues. There was a real issue with Hillary Clinton uh, seven years ago, I believe. It was the timeline uh, with the Comey Hour uh, on television, where uh, the the rhetoric from the Trump campaign is as far. I mean, is, I mean, everybody was you know realizing that uh, Hillary Clinton had put herself in such a situation that it could not be ignored. Even the FBI had to step in and pretend to uh, scrutinize her case. Of course, you know she was vindicated in the eyes of the FBI, but the people still had lingering disbelief. Up until today, the misfortune of Trump, of course, is to have let her slide and to have let all his political or so-called political enemies slide, you know. And so the the left is always pushing uh, the narrative uh, that they're trying to hide on their opponents. They've been very, very clear uh, as to what they wanted to do with Trump. And they're very, very good at basically affecting what it is that they are are seeking. And what are they seeking? They're seeking apparently the destruction of uh, John, uh, Donald J. Trump uh, by way of uh, arresting him and basically uh, handicapping him for the upcoming um, elections. Now, unfortunately, uh, the rhetoric from the other camp is, well, if you indict Trump, he might as well emerge as winner. You're signing basically his winning ticket for the 2024 campaign. And I'm not so sure about that. You know, there's still a lot of people who are uh, unhappy with the way he's handled, uh, especially the COVID crisis and the vaccine crisis, even more so. So there's a lot of skepticism there as to exactly uh, what he's going to do when he would not even stand for the January 6th uh, detainees who have been in jail now for over a, a year. And so politics is becoming more and more in the eyes of the people who supported this president as fool's play. You know, no one is trusting anything anymore, and they're tired of all, all this. You know, if Trump's rhetoric indeed back then was lock her up, well, why didn't that, that happen? Is he some sort of amateur that he thought the left would let him slide? Um, you know, we're nowhere near finding the leaker of the uh, Supreme Court case um, for, uh, sorry, um, What's yeah, the thank you for a road red opinion? They're fighting that, and now they're pivoting back to looking at Trump. So, there's, there's a big uh myopic uh situation going on here, and I who knows how this is going to end, but but you know, seemingly uh, Trump think, thinks that this is going to end with him getting locked up. We'll, we'll see come Tuesday. So, he so part of his missive that came out on True Social was he is ex, he is exhorting. The American right. public to take to the streets immediately, so, so so that they get arrested again, and that he does nothing about it again. Well, he he's asking people to protest and quote take back our country. Well, I'm sorry, you know, uh, DJT. We tried this in 2021, and nobody came for us. You know, who, you know who came for us? The uh, uh, Democrats. They came for us real quick, and the Republicans were nowhere to be found. You know, and you are nowhere to be found, Mr. President. There are so, still Americans yeah. who are who are in solitary confinement right now. These are the, absolutely they're in the J six cells. Right, and this is the biggest shame of that administration is that they set us up, whether with the help or no, knowingly or unknowingly, but they set us up to fail. You know, we went out there with evidence, uh, you know, that needed to be heard, 
And uh, we were told to protest and we protested and we went out in the streets. Some people got arrested for uh, basic, for basically being led into the Capitol building, for, for being escorted through the, the chambers. You know, people are sitting there rot rotting in jails. People have committed suicide in that, you know, being locked mm -hmm. up. And uh, now we have the president again calling people to go to the streets. But what is this going to affect, if not more misery on the people himself, on the people themselves who are trying to get some answers? So I, I, I don't know. This is uh, this is not a good situation for uh, DJT. Uh, pause for a few seconds. ID our radio broadcasting partner, the Crusade Channel dot com media the way it should be brother martin my this is my personal reaction when djt tells me to go to the streets and protest for him uh, thank you for the, and by the way you know i'm not I, I i may be a white boy but i'm not stupid uh now i'm not going to protest <laughs> in the streets for djt because i'm not going to be bamboozled uh into a false flag operation you know they're doing it, so obviously it's like in plain sight at this point, but I'm not even sure, Brother Martin, that there is even a remnant of pro-Trump people who would be willing to take to the streets now. I think this is going to fizzle out. That's true. I mean, I don't want to use the B word, but they're, uh, they're not exactly the ones that are you know, young and physically active and you know, can sprint and run away from a cop or something. You know, it's like, <laughs> That's not exactly the case. But I mean, there are there. I mean, there there are some people who really do think that somehow Donald J. Trump is some sort of political savior that he was going to reestablish order in our country, and that was that was the whole what was behind draining the swamp was a reestablishing of order where law is law and law is effective, where where, where there is no uh, corruption, where there is um, no other agenda besides what the American people want. He had four years to do this. He ran on that. Somehow defeating ISIS, he got that done quick, but somehow. It seems that the, what the enemy he had to find interiorly, you know, domestic enemies, he couldn't eradicate within four years. But now they're showing they're showing him how it's done. They're showing him how to drain what they would call the swamp, and I guess the swamp being those down in Florida. I mean, I just I just find the whole thing to be very despicable. I mean, for all the good that Trump did, it is far outweighed by, uh, you know, the the hysteria over a a, a fake pandemic. Uh, you know, and everything else that he's done. And now he's asking people to risk their their lives, livelihoods and freedoms, reputations um, to go out into the streets. James, you know, we have the footage, you know, the, the footage has been released. It is very clear. Well, I mean, you can see it for yourself. For those who are listening on our radio broadcasting partner, crusadechannel.com, and or listening to the podcast and audio only, what you may have not uh, gleaned from the video that we just showed was it was Horns Guy. Remember Horns Guy? Just absurdly dressed up in a costume, walking mm -hmm. around the Capitol, being escorted into the Capitol. Here he is uh, in, in his uh, 
bullhorn telling people to go home. Hey, Trump just tweeted, go home. Everybody go home. I don't know what to make of it other other than this is obviously a false flag operation. I don't know what we can actually say on YouTube in terms of whether or not we're allowed to opine about how obviously these people were led into the Capitol. Um, you know, the the who, the cameramen were escorted in. The gates were opened up by by police officers. Um, it appears as though people who allegedly were assaulted or and or killed on that day uh, walked away just fine. So, you know, again, here's my uh, thank you. And by the way, you know, I'm not, I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> yeah, indeed. You know, yeah, um, I, I'm not, uh, what's the word to use here very delicately? Um, you know, I guess you could say I'm, I'm nobody's fool. Uh, but what happened January 6th for everybody, at least for us here on this program, and those who follow us on a regular basis was we were calling things out as they were happening. As soon as we got an early footage, seeing things that didn't add up, we called it out. And other people online whom I'm, I'm not going to say anything, uh, you know, about to bring their name into this whole discussion. You know, they, were, they were saying, you guys don't know what you're talking about. False flag. This can't be a false false flag. You know, watch the watch the news. They're telling you what's happening and you're reporting something else. And these people who are so lost in the news, they're lost in the news. They're lost in the idea of the news in the idea of the people bringing you the news that they can't see past their nose. You know, and that's very unfortunate that we we are in the situation where we're still thinking to ourselves, you know, it's OK to trust the people who are bringing you the news. And it's it's OK to trust the uh, uh, ballot system. You know, when we know so much of the ballot system is is, is broken today um, and uh, this is, you know, you would think the video uh, you've just shown would exonerate uh, these people in the eyes uh, of uh, the world. And by the war, world, I mean the uh, political, uh, you know, hacks here. But no, they, that's not even enough. Um, so we, we really got to break from that yoke. They, they've really sort of. Uh, they, they, they've realized that we are just there for the taking. They can really take us wherever we want uh, or, or where we don't want. And they're perfectly fine with doing that, knowing that there's not going to be any repercussion for their uh, behavior. So how do we rectify this situation of innocent people uh, being locked up? That, that gentleman you showed, I forget his name, but he's, I think he's gotten sentenced to four years. Um, and uh, people, like I said, people have died, uh, committed suicide, uh, just, you know, in disbelief, uh, some some people are even shouting, you know, saying DJT is going to save us, uh, and realizing that wasn't true, and uh, are now very uh, depressed in their current state of uh, things. You know, being locked up in the cell. Even that young man you just showed, I I, I don't remember his name, but he was he's off the the Trump train. You know, so that's the state of affair right now, and that they want us to keep buying into, and a lot of us have had enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and your typical American, uh, I, I don't, uh, well, one of you said, I'm not going to say the B word. Your typical <laughs> young American is also incapable of quote unquote taking this country back in the words of 44 or uh, 45. He's the 45th president. I called him 44 earlier. 44 was yeah, terrible. 45. 
Actually, 43 was bad, too. Actually, a lot of them were bad. But <laughs> but 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 your typical young American, I mean, can't even like. Yeah, this one over here was kicking and screaming, kicking and screaming, but he couldn't get over the wall. Get out, my boy tried again. All right, this one jumped high. I knew he was clearing it, but nah, his arm gave out. Boy, stop. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Get to the back of the line. This one, he jumped up, lift his leg up, still couldn't get over. Get out, my boy. Hey, y'all boy coming up. <laughs> no bounce at all. Get out, my boy. At this point, we just going to have to repaint the wall. Y'all scraped more than y'all got over. <laughs> wow um yeah wow yeah i think what this video is is this is a uh recruitment video for the australian army uh in which they're depicting very realistic simulations for what the australian army plans to do bogus oh. ordo video where's my australian army video Oh, I guess I don't have it. You know what? Let's check in on the bogus order, shall we? Und will sich den frommen Schein darum auch gar nicht geben. Oberflächlich schaut so mancher nur von oben runter. Dabei sind hier in der Kirche alle doch recht munter. Viele sind voll engagiert, nicht bloß hier zum Chillen. Statt den Bling lebt mancher seinen Glauben mehr im Stillen. Doch heute wird es laut und dieser Beat verkündet allen. Gott verändert Leben und das soll ganz laut erschallen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you were you were getting into it. Um, I don't I don't need to speak German to know that that was a heresy. Um, <laughs> in fact, in, in some senses, I'm glad I don't speak German. You, you guys know how I feel about the Germans. Actually, I have, I have strong opinions. They've ruined everything. They've ruined uh, economics, theology. They've ruined yep. uh, uh, politics, and uh, they're pretty much the uh, source of all things bad in the world. Um, sorry to all my crowd friends, but you're. Pretty much on my <laughs> on my Scheiser list. Uh, so anyway, guys, uh, the Bogus Ordo in Germany has officially separated themselves from the church. Um, I can't tell if it's I can't tell if it's apostasy or schism or or actually what the right word is. What I can tell is that it's demonic. This is a despicable display, uh, not for children viewing, of course, uh, because it's in a German Catholic church, and you would never want your children to see what they would do there. Not to be outdone, though, there seems to be a competition amongst the crowds in terms of, uh, uh, you know, who can be the most demonic. So this looks like something that out of um, you know some uh, low budget uh, Hollywood horror flick. Brother Martin, uh, this is uh, passing itself off as some version of uh, German liturgy. Uh, no um, comment from uh, the people who claim to be in charge of Rome right now. Um, uh, qu quickly, uh, 
in in one syllable or yet or or, or yes or no one syllable or or less can you um can you say whether or not you're in communion with these people yes i can answer the question the answer is no i'm not in communion with any of these people <laughs> and and before before it just focuses on germany i think there's also much to be said about uh southern mexico and the mayan the new mayan right as well hmm. yeah Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't have that. I don't have that queued up, but it's it's despicable. Um, I I'm not quite sure what to say here, other than it's so shocking. And to anyone who has any moniker of of a sense of the faith, sensus fide, uh, it's it's so repulsive. It's so obviously evil. Um, there's nothing more that you need to know, other than uh, this is not the true Catholic Church. I mean, it can't be. It's impossible. There's no possible way that that can be the real Catholic Church. Quick, wait, sure. wait, wait, quick question. Sorry, going back a little bit about this in communion question. <laughs> if we're if we're asking or debating whether or not the SSPX is in communion with Rome and Rome is in communion with this, is the SSPX therefore in communion with this? <laughs> is that was that what they're debating and fighting for? Is to be in communion with this? What? Well, I don't think the SSPX is trying to be in communion with that. I mean, well, I don't no, know. But, that but if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. If Rome is in communion with this and the SSPX is in communion with Rome, well then. Well, it is It is a very scary time, James, that uh, that the German bishops are now openly promoting uh, disordered uh, uh, unions between people uh, who should not be in unions with each other, you know, like church militant type relationships and, um, and, and absolutely bloody silence, not only from Rome, but from practically every prelate on planet earth, besides like two in the United States that I'm aware of, uh, the entire English speaking world, there's like a blackout on it. You know, I mean, I, I said blackout now I'm going to James, a James out on it. <laughs> Sorry, I got lost in the blackout phrase there. What's the question? <laughs> the, the silence is deafening from all the prelates around the world. Um, oh, you mean in, in regard to what's going on in, in, in Germany besides the two people who have spoken out against this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, where's Burke on this? That's what I want to know. You know, where, where's Burke? Where is, um, you know, yeah, Rinzave's retired, sure. You know, but where is... Uh, uh, the other African uh, cardinal, uh, who's Sarah, who, yeah, yeah, Sarah, who's known to say something to one person and then renege on it once the media catches hold of it. You know, uh, we're we're in a, we're in a deep, deep, terrible crisis, uh, which will see no end if we don't have somebody at least putting foot into that uh, trepidatious uh, arena. You know, uh, we, we're we're afraid, of course, but just because we're afraid does not mean we shouldn't act. We don't know exactly what the right thing to do is until we've said what the right thing to do is, which is to step in front of this thing and say, this is not Catholic, this can never be Catholic, and this must be repudiated. But we're not even hearing that at all. You know, people are afraid to do this thing because they're afraid of what's going to come after that. Well, you know, what are we? You know, are we so much afraid of how our Lord wants us to carry on uh you know, in, in his in his absence, so to speak, we're waiting for that person to come in to swoop down in. We're waiting for superheroes here. We're waiting for 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 angels to come here and to rectify this problem. When we have men who claim to to be bishops who are princes, right? 
who, who are uh, supposed to be looking after the church. You know, so this cannot be something that is sustained any longer. Otherwise, we're going to be ridiculed by the world, which, by the way, we already are. You know, so um, it's a it's a huge shame. Uh, and we can we of course, the lady when the lady says we cannot be silent any longer. We're just a lady. You know, we need people in front of this, you know, who are bishops who have who have basically uh, the means and cardinals as well, the means to put an end to this nonsense. But, um, you know, I don't know. We are in a situation, Brother Martin, that is uh, down is up and up is down. It seems like, you know, these days it's it's the um, commentariat class, primarily of lay people who are making the most sense. Very few clerics waiting for the clerics to lead. Where are they? What? I, I mean, you know. I saw, I was watching a video of, um, it was a TIA video and it was Dr. Marion Horvat. And it was a year or two ago at, at, they have a biannual conference. And she was describing how, you know, in the seventies and eighties, those who were involved in the traditional movement thought, well, things can't get any possibly get any worse, especially in the nineties. Nineties was like the height of, 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 Things can't possibly get any worse. Right, right, I mean, right, right, right. John Paul exactly. the Great had suppressed the Latin Mass, you know. Um, uh, John Paul the Great. I say that in jest. Um, so, so we get to the point where in 20, 30 years ago, it didn't seem like it could get any worse. It has obviously gotten a lot worse. And I think the conclusion we should draw from that is that it will continue to get worse. And it can always get worse. And if it can get worse, it will get worse. And so there is a dearth, a lack, a total, uh, almost a blackout uh, on on anyone who speaks the truth with, uh, you know, with with any amount of clarity, and um, especially those who wear the collar. Yeah, it's it's very difficult in the sense that when you love the church, you realize that the things you have to do right now are things that were deemed unspeakable, you know, unthinkable if the church was acting in, a, in accordance with her mission to dare to be ordained illicitly or consecrated illicitly and be excommunicated. These are the things that you dreaded more than, uh, more than death, you know, because it meant your eternal death. And so now things are, are so extreme that in another situation, in a normal situation, what would mean your eternal death uh, could possibly be, what it takes for you to to save your own soul and and many others and so that's why it, it's making everybody's head spin and causing everybody to to sincerely pause is because it just seems to be the a, a principle long against the principle of non-contradiction that this this could never possibly happen why is it happening um but there there are a lot of people slow to speak um especially wearing the color i mean that's that's it's one thing too is that you know, when you speak publicly, you you present yourself, you make yourself vulnerable to public criticism, to to especially a lot of, um, I'm just going to say it, a lot of incompetent lay people who have read just like two or three books and then think that they're experts on the subject matter and then, and then start building mass followings where they attack you, they troll you and whatever else about what you should be doing. Um, but what they don't accept also is that a lot of clergy know how things work behind closed doors we're among in the world amongst clergy and a lot of lay people say well 
I demand proof in order to to believe this, to believe that. It's like, listen, I can't provide the the proof because all I did was hear Viva Voce from a group of priests or or some, something like that, where they all acknowledge it to be true. I can't provide you an email. I just I heard it from their very mouse. Oh, unless you name, you know, and and so it's like uh, they put you up to to a scrutiny of the courtroom. Um, and who wants to deal with that? You know, at a certain age, when it, when a, when a priest is so convinced. Um, that he's serving our Lord, that this is this is what he wants to do, and this is what it's going to cost me. He'll offer the mass, and whoever comes, comes. Um, Whether lay people want to, you know, create groups, raise a lot of money because uh, theirs is the right position or whatever, um, promote other organizations of priests that go under because they weren't brave enough to, to persevere at all costs. That's, that's, that, those, these are the people that get the limelight, is the people that only go halfway um, make a lot of money, get a lot of attention because they only go halfway because they're being prudent. Um, meanwhile, the ones that are, can actually read the signs of the times, they know we actually be, need to build a, solid, a more solid foundation, in which case deep, digger, dig deeper into the ground because underground is going to be a lot deeper than, um, than what a lot of prudent people think it's going to be. And so what we need to do is preserve the faith, preserve the mass. Why? Not only is it the, the worship proper due to God in, in, in the mass and in living our faith, but also for the good of the next generations, for the good of children. And that's ultimately what I, what, why I'm also against the, the Reverend Nova's order or whatever else, because the children are the one that suffer the most, because they're not going to experience the true faith and the true mass. They're just not. You are watching the Rundown Broadcasting Live here on our YouTube channel. Uh, this may be one of the last broadcasts on the Rundown YouTube channel, given how uh, close to the precipice that we that we like to be uh but you can always catch our content through our broadcasting partner the crusade channel at crusadechannel.com that's media the way it should be james the underground church in the united states is much more vast uh much more expansive and i would say much more organized than what most people uh believe i also think what brother martin said it's true it's gonna have to go deeply underground we're gonna have to dig you know we're not we're not digging seven inches here to lay some flat work concrete we're gonna we're talking about foundational foundational uh issues here um is the underground church the way of the future as bishop athanasius schneider uh is is so often repeating wherever he is invited to be around the world very much so i mean those of us who think we're being persecuted now it would be fair to to in, instruct this people that we haven't yet be, begun to see a true uh, persecution. You know, we, we're still allowed to drive around freely. I mean, we may have gotten a taste of that during uh, the COVID lockdown, but that lasted uh, a few a few months. Um, we are basically uh, we've been declared enemies of the state um, by the FBI, who claim to have rescinded. Uh, uh, whatever it is they were touting as uh, something that had happened by error, you know? So we've been tagged, we've been flagged. We possibly have people in our churches right now pretending to be who they're, they're not and who are looking for every opportunity to bring more data, to, 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 to gather more information and to use it to destroy us. So we don't even know what the beginning of uh, persecution is if we're still able to drive around and to do meetups. And I, I would say I, I would say the same, you know, uh, Bishop, I, I, sorry, B 
Bishop Athanasius, Bishop Athanasius Schneider is indeed correct, you know, and we have to, we're not looking uh, pleasantly uh, to what may come, but it's just, it's just what's going to happen. The nature of things, you know, Uh, the world is becoming increasingly uh, uh, violent and hostile with people who think like we do. You know, when you utter the words uh, transgenderism or, um, uh, you know, I I don't want to get us canceled, but uh, there are various uh, words you can utter right now which would give people a conniption uh, if they understood rightly that the church has always been opposed to this and will continue to always be opposed to this, no matter what the state says and no no matter what the Vatican says on this uh, subject. If we we do not if we do not uh, stand in line with Pope Francis, we are considered to be out of line, you know. And uh, this person very well may use the police state to help uh, force us into the catacombs, so to speak. So um, we should be expecting this. How soon it's going to come uh, depends on how soon they want to actually affect their new world order agenda. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Brother Martin, about, um, you know, what what lay people should be doing um, in preparation for, you know, the, the, the coming chastisement? We'll talk about what clergy should be doing as well, and I think you sort of alluded to that already. But what should we, to what lengths should your average family be prepared to go in order to preserve the tradition of the timeless uh, magisterium of the Catholic Church to transmit the faith to our children. You mentioned children. Um, that's really what it's about, is uh, passing on that which we have received. Um, to what extent should people mentally be prepared to go as we are only two weeks out now from the ominous potential date of April third in which uh, the world may change the reality is i think i think some lay people who have tried to create little communities with a, a small little chapel with a mass in the middle a parish like thing in the middle or or with a parish close by at least within driving distance 30 minutes some, something some of them have woken up to reality that if, if it was a diocesan mass if it's a mass in communion with rome then uh it could be shut down pure and simple and so if, if you're one who believe that laseity is the be all end all of all things, um, you either have to get over that or subject your children to a, uh, a mass deficient very much in theology and helping us understand what the mass actually is. Um, that's, that's very deficient in ex- explaining by its, by its rights, uh, the real presence and, and the fact and the, and the true nature of the mass, which is, which is a sacrifice. And so your, your children, you will be, you will be intentionally depriving your children of that. Um, so it's to get over the, let's say is the be all end all. Second thing is, is the reality that even though there might be a diocesan priest, you know, celibate, single, whatever, that doesn't mean they could just pick up and move, move anywhere you want them to move. And, and, you know, you can, you can point and say here, now you have to live here to provide us the mass. No, that's not necessarily the case. I think lady need to be ready to pack up their bags and move where the mass is. So the clergy decide where the mass is, not the laity. That's, that's I guess, the second point and, and kind of a hard pill for the lady to swallow. The, the priests are going to decide where the mass is going to be, not the laity. Now, the laity, uh, I mean, it's even in canon law, have the obligation 
to su to support the church in in her works. So that means that you have to find other lady like minded like you who want to preserve the mass and not only be willing to pick up and move, but to uh to help provide for the chapel that the the mass is going to be in and also for the for the uh maintenance of the priest now he doesn't have to to live off forty thousand dollars a year obviously or i think the typical national average is like somewhere between 20 and 30 uh, typical paycheck you can get off a lot more with lots of donations of food and all the, all the kind of necessities and whatnot um but also a, a basement doesn't suffice for a long time you know you traditional families have lots of kids uh, and kids running around all the time um, is not exactly conducive to praying the divine office. Um, so extra efforts are going to have to be made to provide them with their own quarters, you know, their own, their own little place to live. And so there's a lot of things, um, and it's going to take a lot of people to get together uh, and to acknowledge this. So, um, yeah, Lysiety is not the be all end all. Um, you move towards the mass, not the mass towards you. And to be able to sacrifice, uh, a lot of pleasures, um, precisely so that uh, a priest can live off of uh, the bare minimum. James, I have predicted, and it, it's tough making predictions online, you know, because those predictions can be wrong and you put yourself out there and you're going with the best information that you have at the time. But I have predicted, just like White Wolf did in the chat, that, uh, you know, uh, our, Chaos Frank hates Our Lady so much that they may have leaked that this document's coming out on April 3rd, which uh, maybe it comes out on April 3rd or not, but I actually sort of think it's coming out on Friday. I actually think that on the 25th at the Marian Feast Day, uh, the 25th of March, we're going to see um, a nuclear bomb dropped on um, the certain portions of the Latin mass community, which will have reverberations and, and effects. Um, you know, sort of, sort of throughout uh, all of tradition. Um, having said that, I'm not necessarily saying that I believe that nuclear weapons actually exist. I'm just using it in a metaphorical uh, sense. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks for that clarification. Um, I have been behind the times as far as uh, what may or may not be coming. I, I just always live. I live to believe that the hammer is always going to fall the day after tomorrow, you know? And so that's something that I've carried ever since I joined this uh, movement we call traditional uh, movement. I've always been of this opinion because from the very first uh, day, the hammer fell in 1969, when we were forced to uh, quote unquote, abandon uh, the mass of all ages. Um, and to accept something counterfeit in its in its place, you know, the hammer has always been falling. And until we actually get rid of the uh, new mass, we will continue to have this persecution. And whether or not we are enjoying a brief respite, having what we have today, the 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 way to look at this is it might as well be gone tomorrow. There there is no peace, and they can. It can be no true peace unless the new mass is disappeared, it's gotten rid of, is gone forever. And that's what I'm going to stand on. That's the principle on which I'm going to stand, which has not failed me ever since I jumped on the traditional Catholic uh, bandwagon, proverbial bandwagon, so to speak. Um, 
it, there can't be no peace until this new mass is gotten rid of. There's a there's a word that we use quite a bit in English, and it's it's uh, clarify or clarification. You know, when you're cooking, let let's say with butter, when you clarify butter, you're separating out uh, the the milk solids from the water. Um, I think that the COVID lockdown was a clarifying event. Um, I think that it's uh, sort of it, it drew what at the time appeared to be a very bright line between those who were very seriously committed to the restoration of tradition and those who were just dabbling in the aesthetics of it for uh, subjective uh, pleasure. Mm. I think that the that the coming bright line is going to be even brighter. It may not be the uh, the if you're you're either with me or against me line, but it's 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 getting close to that. And I think that um, uh, post March 25th slash April 3rd slash whenever it does come out, uh, which it will, um, people's reactions to it are going to be very telling. And frankly, um, you know, in in my own life, uh, with the persecution of the uh, of the fake traditionalists, uh, controlled opposition, lying, blackmailing fraudsters at Church Militant. In my own life, it was a very clarifying event. I knew who was fully committed to tradition and who was fully loyal as a friend and who wasn't. And I'm very grateful for that experience because I am now totally, completely rid of all the false trads and the false friends. Um, All of us will probably be that way on the other end of this event but it may be um, a bit lonely, James, um, and I and I'm not sure that most people are prepared for the level of loneliness that it will entail. Yeah, that's a very true statement that you make there. Some of us have experienced uh, very personal, very deep and personal uh, persecutions, which led us to take even more uh, critical, vital stand that we were probably needing to take in order to be better purified in our, you know, intention and our meaning and our living, you know, in our life, you know, uh, and personal persecution, uh, although very painful, uh, gives us that much needed clarity and might be as well, uh, seen as a grace from God in order to, uh, in order to let his, his work continue in us. And I, I myself went through something, uh, maybe about 10 years ago where I, I had to realize, oh boy, you know, this is the, the line over here. And once I step over this line, I'm going to lose out on friendships that I've known throughout my life. I'm going to lose out on uh, perhaps the, uh, you know, the love of certain family members and, and other things. Very, very difficult, of course, but then we're always keeping the uh, prize you know, ahead, you know, and my vision to go, this is what I'm trying to attain, you know, and as much as I love those who are dear to me, I I have to put my faith, my family, uh, the love of our Lord Jesus Christ and the saints and everything ahead of those, of those things, you know, and like I said, not that those things are bad in itself, they're actually good, but everything has to be weighted. You know, and if you don't weigh those things, then we become uh, those people who are easily uh, mauled over when the, the real challenges come. And like you said, uh, COVID 2020 was one of those times we all experienced some, some more uh, personal uh, frustrations 
uh, some pain, some anxieties, and we all had to make um, some sacrifices. And in making those sacrifices, everything became clearer to us. And uh, it's only going to become more of this and not less of this. So um, we have to pray for the ability to endure uh, when and for how long we must endure. I want to read a private message that uh, or, uh, that I received from an anonymous priest, Brother Martin. And it says, quote, To the person consumed by love of God, everything going on in our world, government, and church is revulsive. Are you revulsed? Revulsed? Revulsed. <laughs> revulsed. Find it revolting. You find the world, the, the governments, and the church to be revolting. Uh, and if so, is it out of love of God? Yes, but close to the word revolting is revolve. And that, it kind of makes you feel like a swinging door. Because when you read the news, uh, when you read what's going on in Germany, the church, all the kind of stuff, yeah, it's revolting. But then because you're so consumed with the love of God, you also have this peace saying, you know, I know what I got to do. All I need is the love of God, as St. Paul says, and that's enough for me. And so we'll just keep moving forward. So this it really is like this revolving door where it, you're revolted, you're disgusted, and then you go back to just being at peace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great answer, and I think that's true. I think that's why ultimately the four of us on the rundown, Ryan can't be here. He tragically lost uh, his bride, who he would agree is his better half. Um, and, uh, for those who don't know, Sarah Grant, may she rest in peace, but the four of us, what binds us together, I think is that, uh, as this next round of persecutions comes as the news tightens, as the, uh, the, the federal bureau of investigation attacks us, we, we happily gladly and with joy will mark ourselves as RTCs. I want, I, by the way, I have a sticker for you, brother. I have a sticker for you, James. Uh, our friends, thank you to our friends in Buffalo, New York, for sending us these stickers so that we can brand ourselves as this is who I am. I will joyfully go to the gulags. I will joyfully suffer for our Lord Jesus Christ in his church, the one true church founded by our Lord. We, we, we still believe that. Um, in spite of, uh, well, some of the things. Uh, and by the way, in case things sound so doomish and gloomish, which they are, I mean, they're bad. <laughs> uh, can we just check in real quick on the prots? And I prayed about it and I thought, I'm not missing that dedication in Jerusalem. Without the airplane that we have that I bought from Tyler Perry, and I didn't pay anywhere. And Tyler's one of the greatest guys. He made it. He made that airplane so cheap for me. I couldn't help but buy it. Christian, then, well, well, okay, all right. But I want to get to the demons because people are very concerned about that comment. Give me a chance here, Inside Edition. I love your eyes. And uh, here's what happened. We flew in 21 days. 70 hours, 40,000 miles, touched five continents, and preached face-to-face -face personally with 125,000 people. 
do you ever use your private jets to go visit your vacation homes, for example? Yes, I do. Okay. Again, getting back to the comment, you said that you don't like to fly commercial because you don't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. Do you really believe that human beings are demons? Oh, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, with flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. Wow. I don't know. I need I need a shower after that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so yeah, things are bad in the German church, but at least they trim their fingernails in the German church. I mean, I don't know. That was that guy is so weird. Is that is that uh Kenneth Copeland? Yeah. yeah, Oh my goodness. uh, You know, uh I was I was was having a very fine dinner last night with some good friends, loyal friends. And uh, we were talking about the link between usury and sodomy, and uh, which leads us, of course, squarely into uh, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, which we'll talk about next. But, you know, they, they, they made the point. So I was making the point that there is always a link between usury and sodomy, St. Thomas Aquinas uh, even, and uh, links those two things together. Uh, the user and the sodomite are together in Dante's Infernal. And uh, well, it's because both pervert something um, and try to make the opposite of it. So uh, the usurer tries to take a sterile thing, sterile object, sterile asset like uh, money and make it fruitful and multiply. Whereas the sodomite takes something fruitful, such as the reproductive act, and makes it sterile. And where there is one, there is always the other. Uh, that is why so many of the usurers, the great usurers of our time, are sodomites. And those two things are linked together. This is why, of course, there's money uh, problems at Church Militant. Like usury and sodomy always go together. Um, and we were having this discussion about usury and sodomy always accompanying the two. They, they come in this, in this pair um, and it's, it's, it's for these, of course, Thomistic reasons and, 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 and other reasons as well. Um, but we are now witnessing the end, potentially, of fractional reserve lending. And fractional reserve lending is when a bank takes your deposits and then lends out uh, 10 times your deposits, 20 times your deposits, and in effect, creating currency that never existed before. It's a usurious act because it is inflationary. It is imaginary. Uh, it's de- it devalues the currency. Um, and the bank is charging usurious rates of interest to people uh, who, if they don't, if they miss one single payment, they foreclose. If you show up and say, hey, I want my money, uh, you may not get it. Just like the depositors at uh, Silicon Valley Bank didn't get their money. Just like the depositors... At Signature Bank in New York, didn't get their money. Now it appears Credit Suisse is under duress. First Republic Bank was down 80%, as Tucker noted in the opening monologue of the rundown here. James, uh, the, the banksters are seem like they're pushing us through this controlled demolition, and that's exactly what Silicon Valley Bank was, a controlled demolition, um, into the hands of the digital economy. They want us to accept a digital currency. They want a federal digital currency. 
They want us to be one step even further removed from the reality of anything of value. So we went from using gold and silver coins to using paper. And paper was a demand note that was at least exchangeable for gold and silver. It was one degree removed from the physical currency. It was one degree removed from physical reality. Then we went from the paper currency to the debit cards, the credit cards. Those are two steps now derived from uh, the physical reality, the objective reality. Now they want us to go a third standard deviation from objective reality, which is gold and silver, natural resources here on planet Earth given to us by Almighty God. And they want us to accept the digital currency, which I believe will be the most effective means of control of human behavior to date, ever devised by by Satan, uh, because your social credit will be tied to your ability to transact in the economy. To the extent that you're a bad little boy or girl, you cannot pump gas anymore, cannot buy groceries anymore. That's it. Your account no longer exists. It's been erased. What say you? That's very true. I mean, uh, 1913 was a strange year for a, a whole lot of things. Um, and uh, uh, you can exactly, that's the point. Um, <laughs> 1913 was a very strange year. And uh, we've been in this uh, cycle for so long now. And we've been trying to create uh, this system for such a long time. We've been doing it slowly and slowly for many many years and we are now starting to see this i mean you could have said the same thing maybe 10 15 years ago and people would have called you conspiracy theorists uh and many other names but uh this is now some some something people are buying into because they've seen how uh COVID again for all its hellish uh uh frustrations was the one time when people could actually see what the future was going to be like when you had people being canceled for uh, not not obliging the uh, COVID Nazis out there who were saying, don't travel here, don't go here, don't do this, don't say this. You know, now people are seeing what the future is going to be like. And once we move into the arena of uh, letting them take uh, a cash away from us, letting them, uh, you know, uh, decide what what sort of uh rates we're gonna have you know then we're basically letting them i mean th think about this the very first thing that happened was we had paychecks and we allowed them to enter into our paychecks before the paychecks got to us and then we happily received it and smiled and said you have your cut of my paycheck and this has been going for so long now we allowed that first step to happen and now they're all too eager to continue this whole thing. So we're at the point now where they've been taxing us so much, taking money out of our pockets. The next step is if we've taken gold away from them, if we've taken cash away from them, we've given them digital uh, cards almost. I mean, we have accounts now where factually, you said fractional reserve banking is being practiced. So uh, you go into, into the bank to deposit X amount of dollars. You go into the bank maybe two weeks later to take X amount of dollars out only to be told, well, actually, you can't take it out. And you further question, and they eventually tell you, sorry, you don't have that amount here. We have to make a couple of phone calls. You're going to have to fill out some forms. You get to sign sign here, and we'll have your money to you in 45 days. 
what's that what's that about and so the people who are questioning the system that are now seeing this is the implication of having a fractional reserve banking is there's not really money right the money has to be created it has to be printed and it has to be sent to that bank so the bank can now have it in its possession so that they can now give it to you this is maddening right but in order to to create an easier system so they say you're going to be removed from having the need to have uh, physical cash, right? And this is the way they get us. They, they start to control us. They give us an ease, right? Well, we're going to give you an ease now. So now it'll be easier for you to do this. It'll be easier for you to, to, to transfer money from one person to the other. The catch is now that everything is digitized, you no longer have control when we say you no longer have control. But some of us are onto this, but what can we do? We're, we're little peons. You know, we don't say any of this except to accept it when it when it comes. You know, how many of you are keeping cash reserves on hand for when the dollar is devalued? Right. The whole lot of people are probably not. There are a lot of people out there trusting the banking system because they think the banks, my bank will never fail me. Bank of America will never fail me. Wells Fargo will never fail me. You know, but these are the first the first ones who would comply with anything the federal, federal government asks them to to do so everybody out there needs to have a backup plan what's going to happen when the banks are shut when there's no more money cash money tied to anything what are you going to do and that's the question that we have to be asking each other Party's coming to an end, Brother Martin. The party is coming. Even since 2008, the banking system has been uh, uh, terminally ill. It's a, it is a demonic miracle, as White Wolf put in the comments, that they've been able to keep the thing afloat. I don't suspect that they can keep it afloat much longer. James is right. We need to have a backup plan. But I think philosophically, the point is, is uh, uh, the, the, the major point and the easiest way to identify what is fake, what is artificial, what is real is uh, going back to our basic philosophy of we experience reality by our five senses, what we can see, touch, feel, smell, and hear. And, um, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that cryptocurrency is a farce. It's a honeypot. It's not uh, a, a viable alternative to uh, objective reality. It is three uh, deviations, uh, derivatives from objective reality. So I'm sorry, um, Mike, when they turn back on the lights, I'll pay you through my Bitcoin. Right now, I don't have any electricity. My batteries are dead. But I promise when they turn back on the lights, I'll send you some Bitcoins. But but don't you also need 5G connection, too? Oh, wow. Yeah, you got me. I guess I'm never going to have that. I was, I was visiting a friend this, these past weeks. And even with the, with the Internet, his Internet went out, the, the router... Because you know it was over overheated or whatever, it burst. The way in order to to reinstall a new router was he had to contact the uh, company through the internet, but his internet was out. Oh yeah, you know. So how do you? Yeah, 
No, exactly. You can't call a phone number. There's like, oh, just fill out this form on the internet. But you're like, but but my I'm internet's out. My internet right now. <laughs> so we're dependent on the cell towers now. And when the cell towers go down, how do we talk to each other? Well, we don't know. We don't. Have, we have no plan for that. Um, what say you on just the you know like the the restoration of realism? I mean, I've been advocating for people. I'm not saying that we can carry around silver coins in our pockets and transacting them because. We're not at the point where people understand the value of silver or gold sure. and we'll take it, but at least carrying cash um, is something that you can tangibly feel Tangible. brother Martin. Yeah. It's better than swiping your card. Even, even a heretic loser dimwit like Dave Ramsey says you should carry cash. You should transact in cash because you should feel the money going out of your wallet. It's not an abstract, just number on a screen on your app when you swipe a card and it debits from your uh, debit card, which is your account is allegedly secured or, or deposited by the government up to $250,000. Um, you know, I look at it and say, we can tell that it's fake and it's real and it's fraudulent because we can't experience it in any meaningful way. We don't see it. We don't taste it. We don't smell it. We don't touch it. I mean, uh, the surreality of money today makes it very difficult to explain or describe exactly what is a u.s dollar what is it you know and so i think that uh, at a minimum james is right maybe we should have cash in the vaults but i would argue to uh, uh you know we could even go one step further and have something el- other than cash that is valuable in the vault as well sure and actually aristotle in the nicomachean ethics raises this point what is money? Money is simply a measurement of work. And he actually, what we're debating right now about uh, cash, something tangible, and what, what what exactly is valuable, he was talking about gold and silver. Well, where does the gold and silver, the value come from? Well, it's simply the fact that we uh, appreciate it. Real quick, let's pause a few seconds to ID our radio broadcasting partner, the crusadechannel.com, media the way it should be. That was my first time. It felt really good. You did it. And you hit it right <laughs> at the 90 minute mark. Woo. Well You're right. the only one. Actually, I was in charge of the station IDs and they're all six minutes late. And I don't know if it's that's even going to work. Is that even workable, King Dude? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Back to Aristotle. Back to Nicomachean ethics. Let's go. Money, money was a measurement of work. And so what should we really be placing our value in for the future when all the economy is going to collapse? The fact that we can do something tangible for other people, the fact that we can build something, install something, fix something, uh, an actual something practical that we could do with our hands. Because being a lawyer in a, in a country where there's absolutely no rule of law, it's kind of going to be useless. Uh, being an accountant where there's no rule of law, is kind of going to be useless. Things you could do actually, you know, what we call white collar jobs might in the sense be uh, – become the blue collar jobs and the blue collar jobs, the white collar jobs, precisely because those who work with their hands, who can actually do something to fix something um, would have a, a better guarantee of, of continuing uh, to acquire an income, which is also, I also want to throw out there that um, parents who have sons should be teaching their kids something practical uh, as opposed to even sending them to college. You can send them to college, but that's in one sense for futures of plan B. You should be raising your kids to actually be, to have a trade um, so that, at least they could have at least one secure form of income 
um, for their for their future families. You heard it here first. The rundown. Uh, Brother Martin is uh, opposed to higher education, even as he's enrolled in higher education. Not opposed. It's just it's Plan B. It's it's second. It comes second. I want to thank him. For the, and by the way, you know I'm not. I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> okay, I've I found the Australia clip. We have we have plenty of Australians in the live chat right now who are watching very late at night, very early in the we, morning. There, we love we love we love the Australians. We do, you know, we get we give the Irish and the Brits a lot of love here, and um, and I think I've even mentioned like the Filipinos and the other English speakers, but we don't we don't ever call out the Australians. And we Gabrielle, don't, what up? Yeah, yeah, there's a, and and the down under, you know. By the way, why are there no direct flights from Australia? Never mind. I'm not going to go in. <laughs> um, but speaking of Australia, uh, you know, they, they're now recruiting uh, young men and all of the uh, other uh, possibilities, not just men, uh, into the armed forces to, uh, well, to combat all of the realistic exercises which they may face. These are these are actual simulations uh, broadcast out into the public for what they expect the Australian army to have to deal with in the future. like how it says protecting our people and uh, so for those who were listening to the podcast or listening on the crusade channel radio the way it should be um what you just witnessed was a recruiting commercial for the australian army in which service members in the australian army were slowly advancing on unruly citizens who were throwing like tomatoes and stuff at the uh, at the army and so as a result they would send in you know the hounds to uh, to bite them um this is the future of uh, warfare now. It is the uh, they're signaling that uh, the armed forces of the Western world are going to be turned on themselves. They're going to be turned interiorly towards uh, the populations. Um, I, <laughs> they, the, James, they're not even trying to hide what their goal is. I mean, they, they <laughs> it's so Orwellian. We're securing the population. Um, we're securing them by uh, uh, what by oppressing them. Muted. James, James is on. James is muted. It's the first infraction. We're in the it's final different. segment of the show. We yeah. almost made it through. Ah, uh, my mea culpa. 
Um, I need a shirt that says Alex Jones was right, you know, the 700th time. This is something we've been talking about for uh, so long now, you know, but uh, no traction again. You know, I mean, COVID became that marker for people asking real questions about the police state and the security state. You know, what what's happening to our civil liberties if we are silenced from even uh, saying we have constitutional rights. So um, right now, you know, the people, the uh, people who are telling us they're trying to keep us safe realize that they don't have much time. You know, the time is expiring, so they need to up the ante. And one of the ways they choose to up the ante is to just come out and say, sorry, guys, uh, we're we're going to hit you hard over the head with our batons. And it's OK, because um, that's kind of where we are. You know, so um, it's a shame, but uh, it helps us better to see who these people are that we call heroes. You know, in, in one sense, of course, they're a good, uh, you know, uh, people in law enforcement. But in the, in the other sense, you know, they're not those good people are not the ones who are going to be coming for us. They're going to be forced out of uh, law enforcement <laughs> before before any of the, any of this goes down. These people are going to be forced out of the military. They're going to be forced out of the uh, law enforcement. And then we're going to have those uh, people we don't want coming after us are going to be the ones left who will then come after us. And that's kind of what's going to happen. Yeah, I think it's right, Brother Martin. Uh, I think it's uh, foreboding that in a allegedly developed Western nation um, that the advertisements for military service are, hey, join the army and uh, turn your weapons on your fellow citizen. I think that's, um, I think that's an interesting recruiting tactic, to say the least. It is. I guess it's kind of typically one used for SWAT team and police in the sense that, I mean, you have legitimate evil people in your society and you want to protect the good people from the bad people. But to use it as an army... Um, it's it's incredibly unique. In one sense, it says that you don't even need an army since you have no foreign enemies threatening to evade or whatever else. Um, but it also says something about Australia because they would—I don't think they—they publish an advertisement like that, an advertisement, as some people say. Um, if there wasn't a, uh, if that wasn't what people commonly thought was important, and this is that that's not something that a lot of people would be attracted to. They want to protect um, their politicians from promoting the progressive agenda um, because they know there are a few right wingers whatever that are have, have been labeled have been demonized as as domestic terrorists or extremists or whatever else and they're so involved in there they're so convinced of their uh, progressivism that they want to protect those ideas protect those ideals and, and make and, and see them that they're seen through um, into legislation and so they want to protect these things even from from physical violence which in one sense it, it yeah, you're right. It could be them actually recruiting for the military. It could simply be also the politicians um, and, and just a propaganda piece, uh, not not really intended to have more people sign up, but simply a propaganda piece of uh, politicians saying, hey, you know, this is this is a real threat. So it could be it could be one of, of several different things, uh, the real intent. But well, it is it, it is pretty, pretty interesting. It certainly could be the fact that if you disagree with grooming of children, then you're not allowed to uh, be a citizen and you're certainly not allowed to wear the uniform. Like, for example, yours truly, if you say something about traditional marriage and or uh, that children have a right to having 
a mother and a father, or if you object to an experimental serum being injected into your veins, uh, then you're not uh, deemed fit for service. Uh, let's check in with the groomers. This one's tough to watch, guys. This is literally happening in the, in the United States of America. This is your groomer watch segment, which we always do at the end of the show, whenever I'm in charge anyway, because we have to constantly remind people about the existential threat to the innocence of children. All right, we're going to give you 60 seconds of lip sync. <laughs> The video goes on for several minutes. Uh, we could continue watching it. I think we've seen enough uh, from the ghoulish, hellish uh, imagery from the German church uh, to the uh, absurd, obscene, and uh, frankly, uh, cartoonish uh, things happening around uh, Bergoglio to now the uh, systematized social abuse normalization of the sexualization of children uh there's 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 almost nowhere james that our eyes our gaze can rest without seeing something tragically ugly um and and uh and and frankly damaging to the souls of those who see them it's it's very rapidly in my mind becoming you are either serving christ the king or you are serving the devil um, uh, there, there's no middle ground. There never really was. Um, but the illusion of a middle ground is now totally evaporating. Yeah. You know, and as you said that, as, as you showed that clip, this again, strength, strengthens the position that we have that, uh, you know, and that you just, um, basically said we, we are being blinded, uh, and we don't know where, if there's even a way forward, it, you know, based off the politics, uh, the, the political system we're in. Just today, I read somewhere that uh, Ron DeSantis, you know, the the, the anti-Trump, uh, basically sent a gift of onesies to uh, Dave Rubin and his uh, Sodomitic partner, aka his husband. Uh, and this is the state of affairs right now. We don't even have a line to draw anymore if we don't have enemies that are that we can visualize as enemies based on how they choose to live their lives. Right now, everything is painted with still rose. Uh, we're still looking at things through rose glasses because we can't we we can't look at evil staring at us and and take it for the face value because of what it looks like. You know, well, what it looks like, it looks like a, a nice man wearing a suit who says some things about, uh, you know, conservative values, especially when it, when it comes to, you know, uh, the, you know, the left and, and their tactics. 
but the very person telling you these things himself is having a sort of medical relationship with another man. And so you block all that out in order to glean from what he's saying, the things that are good. This is the state of affairs we're in right now. Um, we're not able to, to, to say anymore. You don't have a right to speak because this is what you do, which is antithetical to what human nature uh, is or representation of human nature. And this is precisely why we're in the situation. And it didn't just start this way. It started, you know, along the lines of, well, you know, if you want to have, a, you know, an abortion, that's that's OK. Uh, you seem like a nice lady. Uh, it's your right to do so. Or, you know, wait a second, you know, I don't believe in contraception, but in the public sphere, you you can have that if you want, but at least we agree on all the other issues. And so let's fight those issues together. So this is where we are right now. We're at least fighting on some other issues with the person whose lifestyle includes behavior like that, and which potentially also includes the... Uh, the uh the the uh, abuse of the person or the, the the child that he calls his own this is what we're having dialogue with in order to progress our own conservative ideas so tell me we are jacked without telling me we're jacked as a country brother martin uh conservatism is just liberalism in slow motion ron DeSantis is being promoted as the anti-trump he went to the wailing wall wore the yarmulke and endorses uh, at least in his private life, the disordered abuse of children and the attack on traditional marriage. This is the conservative movement in the United States of America. And in Europe, the conservative movement is far, far worse off. Oh, yes. Uh, liberalism, uh, big L liberalism, uh, the idea that we are all free to pursue whatever makes us happy, uh, as long as it doesn't interfere with our neighbors, is morally bankrupt. Libertarianism is morally bankrupt. And the there's no way we can vote ourselves out of this. What we are witnessing right now, Brother Martin, in my opinion, is the only logical conclusion of Enlightenment French Revolutionary principles. We are witnessing now uh, the roosters, uh, the chickens coming home to roost, and um, and yeah, you can vote harder, uh, but that's not going to solve these problems. What, what what politician can we vote for to stop the abuse of children? I mean, it's all good questions. Uh, ultimately, this is not going to end. I mean, there's no political solution. Um, this is not going to end until the Pope himself believes that he has the right to crown the next Western Roman emperor. Once we get a Pope that believes that, then we'll probably start getting back on track. But... Um, yeah, as far as the Santis goes, there's there's a kind of disconnect in his mind going on because in one sense, he, yes, he gives onesies to these children of this couple seemingly publicly so where he, it, it appears that of an approval of a celebration of a congratulations. On the other end, he's signing um, legislation that says you cannot groom children, you know, whether it be public schools, he's going after um, those who hold drag shows in public saying, you know, this is a public dis display of indecency, especially because um, it's in front of a minor. And so there's kind of a, this disconnect where he's what, doing one thing with his left hand and another thing with his right hand. Um, but liberalism, as we've said before, conservative and progressivism, they're, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. One's first way liberalism, one's second way liberalism. They're both going to the same end of us being able to do whatever we want. If we ever feel a desire of pleasure, our base desires, let's just satisfy those things. How do we get there? Whether it be through strong institutional government 
or just a strong economy so that we have the money to do whatever we want. Those are just, they're just two different ways to get to the same end. And so that's why ultimately one looks very much like the other because they're all wanting us to have the same thing, which is whatever we want, not whatever is good, but whatever we want. Um, and so that's uh, ultimately why you, you can't really be one, one or another or, or think that one conservative is going to be your, your, your savior. All we're, I guess all we're really fighting for in these votes, if ever we vote, is simply to, uh, to buy ourselves a couple more years of, uh, of breathing room. Yeah, and I think that's what it comes down to. The couple years of breathing room are almost at an end. The uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should do this on live uh, rundown. I, I didn't really ask your permission to do this, guys. I'm going to read one of my tweets. I'm not going to display it. I'm just going to read it. Where can I find it? Um, listen to that little voice. <laughs> I know. Listen to the... <laughs> so. What I, I retweeted a, an official uh, from the uh, from the Ukraine. Um, she's she's some kind of government official, and she said today I submitted a draft law on the legalization of same-sex partnerships to the Ukrainian parliament. And she goes on, and she's got the rainbow flag, and it says time has come for same-sex partnerships in Ukraine. Uh, this is a country which they say is you know fighting for its livelihood. Um, I tweeted the global homo. Money laundering is just an extension of America's big gay disco. A nation actually at war for its survival would never behave this way. Everything is deception. Fake war, fake science, fake money, fake president, fake food, fake news, fake pope. You're in the matrix. That is the... Uh, oh, boy. Hey, look, I didn't display it, guys. All right? Uh, thank you. For the, and by the way... You know, I'm not, I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. It's all fake. <laughs> I didn't even mention fake nukes, fake space, fake all of it. James. I mean, I didn't, I didn't go there. Fake, fake globe. globe. Yeah. <laughs> it's all fake. Fake science. I said fake science. You know, I felt like that was, that was enough, but uh, maybe, maybe we got to be a little more um, specific. I don't know. Do we have to be more explicit? I don't know. Oh, good. I come first. Well, I believe actually uh, Ryan's go uh, gifts and go yeah, is still open for for many uh, for those who, in their charity, would like to continue to support him and his family. I do know after having a, uh, a loved one pass away early this year as well um, that the bills afterwards can can definitely wrap you know cost a lot of things and, and kind of add up very quickly and so what might seem to be a lot of money uh at the end of the day might might just barely make it so um i mean he does have eight kids i believe um that he's gonna have to continue to support and he might need some time to you know grieve and uh and get the ball rolling on on doing everything himself um so if you go to his gifts and go i don't know if Ms. casey or somebody can um, put on the marquee or, or send it, put it in the private or the, in the chat. Um, that could be helpful to to continue to help help out Ryan um, during this time. Just pulling it up on the screen here. GiveSendGo.com slash Sarah dash Grant. Sarah with an H dash Grant. The Give, Send, Go has a goal of $300,000. It's getting close to the goal. It's at $277,000 raised for the Grant family. May she rest in peace. 
for those who don't know the story, and I, I can't imagine that there, there may be some who don't know the full story. In mid-October, Sarah Grant uh, had to go to the hospital because her pregnancy was very difficult. It was at that time that they discovered she had cancer. Um, I don't think they knew how bad it was. It was extremely advanced. And as we sit here today, just a few months later, Ryan Grant has a newborn baby, the joys of new life, and now the bereavement of having lost his bride and, uh, and his better half. The only thing I can say about the Grant family is that I went to their house one time up in Idaho, and for the very minor occasion of my visit there, this woman, Sarah Grant, uh, butchered an animal, one of their animals, and prepared it and and uh, unleashed one of the one of the most enjoyable feasts and one of the most memorable evenings of my entire life. I will always be grateful for the Grant family for their hospitality, and I will always remember what a true Catholic woman Sarah Grant was. I hope that she is in heaven praying for us. She did receive the last rites in the traditional form. And she, uh, her, her soul separated from her body um, while surrounded by her loving family and her children. Ryan Grant is now left behind, yes, as you said, with eight children, including a newborn uh, to raise. So let's get them past this $300,000 mark. Go to givesango.com slash Sarah-Grant. And let's get him from 277 to 305. Let's see if we can do that by the end of the weekend. Give sendgo.com slash Sarah dash grant. We hope that uh, Ryan can be back with us soon. We don't have a timeline on when he'll be able to return uh, to the rundown, if he will return to the rundown. But for those who know him and know his family, He is someone who is committed to the cause of tradition. And so I don't think it will be very long before he returns to us. Let's help him return to us by going to givesendgo.com slash Sarah-Grant. James, I want to turn it over to you for your final thoughts tonight on the show, on the rundown, on grifting, on anything you can recommend to us. Close us out. Mr. James, the RTC, Radical Traditional Catholic, who's still on mute. I just want to echo the uh, the words of uh, Mike and of brother there about the grand family. So in this time, we are asking people to continue to support uh, the gifts and go and uh, know that you're supporting uh, those eight wonderful kids. And that we pray for Ryan, especially in this time of trial, and also for his kids. Uh, you know, um, we hope for the best. We pray for the best. Um, and recognizing that we're still in, in Lent and we're still in need to cleanse our souls, uh, our immortal souls. Uh, there's a website which I talked about last time I was on the show. It's called traditionalcatholicsermons.org. And particularly in this time, there is uh, there are a number of sermons which have been published on this website, and there are audio sermons which are basically um, readings taken from uh, the published works of Saint Alphonsus de Liguori. Um, and there are seven 
uh, Sundays there uh, during the time of Lent. You can pick whichever one. Of course, we're entering into the fourth Sunday of Lent, uh, and uh, there's good meditation there for you. So please visit that website. Uh, I particularly enjoy listening to the Curia of Ars and St. Alphonse Basiligori's uh, sermons. Uh, the website, again, is traditionalcatholicsermons.org. Що повинна робити НАТО? Унеможливлювати застосування Росією ядерної зброї. Але, що важливо, я ще раз звертаюся до міжнародної спільноти, як це було до 24-го. Превентивні удари, щоб вони знали, що з ними буде, якщо вони застосують, а не навпаки. Bird's eye view of the train derailment in Ohio. I have two shotguns on my home. They're locked in a safe. There's a metal gun case. We live in an area that's wooded. Somewhat secluded. And I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony and fire two blasts outside the house. Buy shotgun. Buy shotgun. You don't need machine gun. You don't need 30 rounds. Buy shotgun. Buy double barrel shotgun. No, you don't need a flamethrower. And you don't need a tank. You don't need an AR-15 scare those thugs away, no And I don't need a grenade launcher, I don't need an F-15 There's just one thing I need to do, and they'll stay away from me Fire two blasts outside the house Buy a shotgun, buy a shotgun Buy a shotgun, baby You don't need machine guns, you don't need 30 rounds Buy shotguns Buy a 